Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Basically, we have friend of the show, favourite guest extraordinaire, Luke O'Neill in studio with us for this, what we are going to call a pox cast. That was your idea, wasn't it? That was my idea. I want to copyright that. Hang on a minute. (laughs) You can copyright it all you want. It's not good. A pox cast. A pox cast. Um, What's going on since we saw you last? Well, where will I begin? I remember those dark days of the pandemic. You, you, you and me be sitting here, the whole city empty. The and whole you and city me empty. Sitting and people asking us, can I have my wedding? Yeah, that was the main question. Well, yeah. Can I have my wedding? Can it was, I have and my it, was, wedding? it was very interesting days, wasn't it really? It's hard to remember in, in a kind of they're strange They're not, they're hard to forget. Well, they certainly are, yeah. It's well, COVID over, yeah. Where will we start? Yeah. Uh, start it's, with COVID. But if you're a scientist, you see endless research is still happening. Lots of papers, lots of discoveries. Very exciting science, actually. And of course, the general public wouldn't need to know that. Or mind you, many want to know because they were plugged in during the pandemic, obviously. you know, The number one, well, there's two or three big questions. The first is long COVID. That's got really clear how severe that is, how common it is, how debilitating it is. And we knew anyway. You know, but also how vast, right? Like it's, it's not just one... Some people it's brain fog, some people yeah. it's physical fatigue, some people it's lung issues. Exactly, yeah. And, and of course, every every lab that works on COVID, not every lab, but many began to move towards, once the vaccines came along, the threat of, of the virus itself began to go. But clearly long COVID is going to be with us for years and years, you know, mm-hmm. and some of this is frightening. I mean, now again, one in eight have it. That looks like the overall numbers have shaken down eventually, you know. Of those one in eight, a fair few will have persistent, quite serious symptoms, you know. Uh, and it's, yeah, there's probably three different subtypes, it depends on what, who you read, you know. Uh, brain fog is a huge thing, fatigue is a big one, you know. But heart complaints and diabetes have emerged as, as, as erupting post-COVID yeah. when, when they weren't there before. So that's a, and, and we knew this actually from the, the 1918 flu pandemic probably created a long flu thing. Right. And then maybe 15 years later, an increase in heart attacks, probably because of the injury the virus had done 15 years before, you see. Now, of course, you can worry yourself on this and think, oh, God, we've 10, 15 years ahead of us now and so many got infected. So you don't kind of get too uh, worried at the moment. But certainly the the numbers are there. There's increased risk of heart disease and diabetes post-COVID. So it was never just about death then, really. And we were were saying that, remember, the the immediate concerns people were dying. But of course, long COVID could have a huge effect on our our society in the years to come. How is COVID? I don't understand the connection between COVID and diabetes, though. That's an interesting one. Yeah, the pancreas must be getting damaged in some way is one idea because, of course, what diabetes is, you don't make enough insulin. That's that's one reason because, of course, what diabetes means, you can't control your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So if, if the virus damages the pancreas, that means that system is now... But why would it damage kilter. the pancreas more than a kidney? Gets, infect, gets infected. You see, we know, we know the virus can affect many different tissues, you see. It might also provoke a kind of an autoimmune type disease where your own immune system now begins to go into different tissues and begins to attack the tissues. There's all kinds of possible consequences of... Of, of course, the other thing I'd say is viruses have been known for a long time to mess with your immune system. And so it's not just COVID that has a long COVID. version. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. So any kind of viral infection has a risk of all this anyway. But there's so many have had COVID. 
and they were naive when they got it, which meant it was a brand new host for the virus to infect. Everything was souped up, you see, is one idea. But again, it's, it's a very much a scientific question, a lot, a lot of work going on there, you see, to try and find out. How do we feel about um, the new booster campaign and the new variants yeah. and well, the how sec- transmissible they the are? The second big issue has to be the winter, obviously, um, and what's going to happen. That's very hard to predict that, of course, as many unknowns. Are you I, on Neffet now? I am. Oh, Indeed. I'm so excited. Let's, decla- let's declare the conflict of interest immediately. So take everything we say with a pinch of salt. He's it's on not Neffet. Neffet. What's it called? CAG. <laughs> the COVID advisory group. Right, okay. So I'm on CAG. We're meeting this Thursday. We meet a lot, actually, yeah. How come I'm not on it? Well, you should be on it. I'll recommend you. For yeah, your, does, your I don't seat. have any expertise, but I yeah. can definitely disseminate the, the information. Give me the voice of reason. Give yeah. me the voice of reason. Um, yeah, so CAG's meeting a lot. So, so that one, a big issue for CAG is the winter. What, what One function of CAG is what they call horizon scanning. Uh, Stephen okay. Donnelly said this, uh, what's coming up, kind of, you know. Now, now the winter is a worry because we're all back indoors again. Mm-hmm. It's a respiratory virus. It will go up in numbers because it's like the flu, right? Mm-hmm. The question is how severe will it be? Um, and then with flu, the worry would be it'll be a double punch because flu will go up for definite as well. And look at Australia, you see. We're looking at a part of a horizon scanning. Australia, overwhelmed with flu, flu season. Huge numbers of cases of flu. And that's because, of course, people hadn't been, you know, exposed to flu, flu. for a couple of years. And now they're going get sicker because the immune system is a great thing to stop you getting sick that's what it does basically and your immune system is constantly being tickled by all these viruses when we were all indoors uh, locked in as it were with the the lockdown your immune system went off the boil slightly and now the virus comes back and now you get sicker that's the idea so flu is more severe now and then we would worry here in Ireland every country in northern Europe is now preparing every country is saying the same thing if there's a flu COVID double outbreak that mm-hmm. will put massive pressure on the hospital system now they're all over this they know this is a risk and right, okay. it means trolleys though it means extra bed capacity if you're a doctor you see you'll be worrying but is that it a case going to get overwhelmed you know is it a case that so many people have had COVID this year even though it's that it's that small or the, the mild variant let's say that maybe they won't get it again precisely my dream not just me uh, all the immunology community is saying is that a wall of immunity is built up as the phrase that's but then some people are getting reinfected in uh, in like month, in a number of weeks but that's not a bad thing as long as you're not getting sick or not getting right, severe okay. you see so it's just like the common cold keeps reinfecting you know so if the wall of immunity is there you might get a few symptoms like sniffles but you won't get really sick and that's the hope now and when I see the horse show not that I was there I watched that on the telly some of it I don't mind seeing these crowds because they're, they're all getting a bit of an infection you see and then also we know Omicron and, and BA5 they're slightly less pathogenic so mm-hmm. that's a good thing because you might pick it up and not get sick anyway because the virus is slightly different so so the hope is that the wall of immunity will be there from natural infections especially if you're vaccinated by the way the, now the evidence there is very strong if you've, ha- if you've gone through your vaccine course and that might be two three doses and you get infected huge immunity we think that could last for months and months and months so if you look at Ireland as a whole the vaccination rate as we would have discussed over the years we were worried that people um, wouldn't take the vaccine yeah. massive rate of vaccination we're so happy with that uh, one of the best in the world let's put it that way in terms of uptake and then secondly natural infection and that double combination if you like would give us hope that the winter won't be as severe as we might otherwise think now we don't know that and the big worry the the other worry is a new variant like BA6 if that came along it was a bit different to the previous ones that might get around the immunity that we have and does it look like that's singing. anywhere there's a couple of variants out there that they're looking at at the moment that are cropping up here and there that and they're still studying them in a way you know right. there's nothing yet to say oh there's a really nasty one about to erupt that will come here but that is a worry and that's something to keep an eye on if that happens 
Now, the boosts are so important, Stephanie, by the way. The booster will protect against any variant, really, if you think at this stage. So people take your booster when but offered. didn't Moderna come out with a new a new vaccine that's specifically they for did. Omicron? And look at the UK. We'll be discussing this on Thursday. But the UK have said they're going to use that Moderna vaccine now. And it's, two, it's a bivalent vaccine, which means the original vaccine plus uh, the new thing. Yeah, so that's in the one shot. That's very wise. Whether, whether NIAC say let's buy in loads of it there's a cost implication the European Union will decide and we, we, we're in that basket of countries so mm-hmm. now, now the truth is the original vaccine still gives you a great boost anyway yeah because it's just you're, you're kicking the immune system for the fourth time here basically you know, and that should give protection against any variant you know? but you'd be wise to use the latest one if it's available that would be a sensible thing to do with the view so we'll move on from COVID to <laughs> monkeypox which yeah. people are uh some people are concerned about other people are like oh well I'm not a gay man so it's fine uh, then they're, we're learning that um, animals are catching it babies are catching it how worried should we be and what 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 is this hell this I fresh hell I wouldn't be too worried let's start with nothing like COVID let's start with that yep. uh, it's in a different league entirely first of all different virus uh, the monkeypox virus is a DNA virus whereas as you know what's COVID what type of nucleic acid RNA correct you just <laughs> It's an RNA virus. It's an RNA virus. Isn't it wonderful you know that? I'm so happy people know this. It's my life's dream here. You know, Um, I was in the barber. He just he knew about RNA and DNA viruses. Chatting away about them, Um, so it's great. So it's DNA virus. Now that that makes it less. RNA viruses are nastier. First of all, HIV is an RNA virus. Mm -hmm. Flu is RNA. You see, pox viruses are DNA viruses. Now they're less troublesome overall because they don't change as fast. But in smallpox, basically kill everyone. Now the worst of them is smallpox by far. Uh, other pox viruses are less dangerous, but smallpox was the worst by okay. far. One in three died of that, you see. And that was the first vaccine ever was against smallpox, of course. And it's a great triumph of medicine was we elim- the only disease we've eliminated from the earth using vaccines. Smallpox is gone. One in three died of that, you know. All through history, the Roman Empire, you know, half the people would die if the smallpox arrived. Didn't know what it was at the time. Right? Yes, yeah. But but the monkeypox is, is a sibling of smallpox, but a lot weaker. That's the first thing. Uh, less than... 0.1% mortality roughly but the one that's around now there's two different what are called clades is the technical term. the West African clade is a lot weaker than the East and that's the one that's around mm-hmm. so very low mortality to die from this you've got to be either hugely immunocompromised then, you, then your immune system is overwhelmed you die but, and not many are like that obviously. but still it's a nasty enough disease you'll be sick for three or four weeks flu symptoms you know aches and pains fever is a big feature for three three weeks can you imagine mm-hmm. and you're out of work for three weeks as well and then there's awful lesions these the are horrible lesions, I think, are the worst. fluid filled pock marks of course was the word they used for them you see so it's nasty enough you know nobody nobody wants to catch it let's, let's put it that way now the good news is the vaccine works against it and the smallpox vaccine actually because they're so related it's getting getting back to our COVID thing in a way. You know, that's like an earlier form, if you like. That protects against monkeypox. 85% that, efficacy with that vaccine, which is great. Does that mean the people who were... So, like, my generation are not vaccinated against smallpox, but, like, my ma- like your generation yeah, are vaccinated yeah. against smallpox, are you? We don't really know. That's a good question. We, it could have waned. I mean, the smallpox vaccine is great, but it's I got vaccinated in the 60s for that, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm now, what is it, 50 years later kind of thing. So we don't know whether whether everybody who's at risk should be vaccinated with the, with the smallpox again. There is some evidence 
evidence the smallpox does persist, though, for a while. But that's a question they're trying to address. Right. Um, but certainly, if you're in an, an at-risk group, now, what does that mean? You're a close contact with someone who, who is at risk or who has it, right? And you yeah. haven't got it yet. Go and get the vaccine. Uh, that, that, that's the at-risk group. Can uh, health, you go and get the vaccine? Well, or you do, can. We, yeah. do we have enough? Well, that's the next controversy. I'm reading like you in the media, how much supply there is. That They're saying there isn't sufficient supply to protect everybody at the moment. But that's just a supply question. I'm sure that'll be resolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ones at risk, very simple. Skin-skin contact is how this spreads. So anybody can catch it off anybody. Let's start with that fact. Just mm-hmm. the, It's in the little blister fluid you see. So if you rub up against someone <laughs> and the blister bursts, it can affect you. And clearly sexual activity is a great way to rub skin. Does that mean that you have to have the pockmarks to be infectious? Yeah, that's true. There's no asymptomatic spread, thankfully, okay. unlike COVID, which was a big malign feature. That virus was you could catch it off someone else's symptoms. Someone has the blisters. And the trouble is, it might be dark. You know, you mightn't see the damn blisters, you see. So there's a risk there, you see. But so is it not down to people who have random blisters to be like, oh, I better not go Absolute to a nightclub? Absolutely. Anybody with these little blisters should immediately go to the GP, first of all, and get it checked out, you see, and then isolate, like we did with COVID, and, and, yeah. and, and just stop it spreading. That's the message there, really. But it might be the case that you have, like, one on your back and that's you don't know or see. That, that's or the trouble. The more blisters you have, the more likely someone will pick it up off you, obviously. You know, just keep an eye out for that. There's no, The gay community, the MSM community, rather, uh, it got into that community. That's just a coincidence. It's some, someone picked it up and they beat, they, maybe they had the sex with a man and then the next man gets it and then it starts spreading in that community. It could have been any community. It's like HIV in a way. It's, it's, uh, it's not sexually transmitted. Yeah. It's just simply skin-to-skin contact of any kind. There's a risk of catching it, you see. So. Which, like, there is a lot of during sex. There is. I Hard think to also, avoid, I think, isn't it, to have sex, with sex, I believe. You have to have some skin-skin <laughs> I think with the. I think it's also been very unfortunate with Pride Month and all the Pride parades across the globe. That it's that is one of the reasons why it's spread in that community. Yeah, more so than perhaps in in other communities. But you're absolutely not immune to it. Like if you're going to a nightclub, yeah, you're going to be at risk of catching it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 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 the the issue there in a sense. But with the vaccine, are they vaccinating at risk groups? Just the MSM men who have sex with men. I don't know. I think you sort of self-identify, if you know okay. what I mean. So you say, look, my partner, or I'm living in a house with someone who has monkeypox, or that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, then you can go and get the vaccine, because supply is an issue. So now they might increase supply, of course, and anybody who wants can go and get it then. But at the moment, it's restricted to certain identified people who need mm-hmm. it. You know? And then clearly, if you're immunocompromised, and you think you might get exposed to it, you better get the vaccine, because then you might get much sicker, you know. So they're, okay. they're the ones to keep an eye on it as well. So if you, is, like, if you have HIV... Or does that's an immunocompromise? Very much so. Yes, exactly. HIV would immunosuppress by definition. Mind you, the, the drugs are great there. So you know. But that's what I'm saying. Like you know, if you're on prep for that, yeah, you should be all right. Then yeah, you should be yeah, all right. Should be okay. But even still, you might consider it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And especially again, if you if you have certain behaviours, should we call them, which put you at risk? Yeah. Then you're wise to get the vaccine because the vaccine eighty five percent protection is tremendous. You know, so that's the way to think about it. So we don't need to be too worried, but just need to be sensible. Well, again, a lot of science happening. I mean, the, the mon- monkeypox was ignored. Of course, for a long time. It's in Africa, who cares? The usual awful inequity in the health system, you see. It was killing a few thousand people a year in Africa, by the way. Right. Mainly because they were malnourished, because that suppresses the immune system. Very, there were some deaths happening, but not much research was happening. Now, of course, lots of labs are working on it, which just shows you how unfair just life is. Just because it's affecting white it's people. Us. Yeah, it's yeah. affecting us. And now they're learning a lot more about it. Now, now, there is a risk or a chance that it is in seminal fluid, say, or more in saliva. 
the, the, the virus hasn't changed, though. They can see it's the same old virus, you see. But, but now they're studying it. You never know. Maybe a certain percent of people, it ends up in their saliva. Now, that means it's more transmissible then than just skin-skin contact, things like that. So lots of research is happening to try and study it more. But as I say, the good news is the smallpox vaccine works great. There's also a drug, actually like a therapy you can take once Again, you have it yeah now then that's a that, that was discovered a few years ago it wasn't used widely that may become available as well a bit like you know taking them um, for a cold sore type thing you know you can yes, take a okay. tablet to help you as well so so again we're not, for those reasons we're a lot less worried about it because it's not going to spread like wildfire and kill loads of people by no means you know and it's more the inconvenience of it remember is the issue than yeah because it's much more sustained than like just five days isolation absolutely or, yeah now, well, if you, if you look at that, now I myself didn't know much about the symptoms of monkeypox either it's sick for three weeks you're laid off with yeah. awful symptoms like, a, like you've got the flu for three weeks things like that you know so it's unpleasant Taking a break from the show to tell you about our sponsor, HumdingerMortgages.ie, your new gaff without the faff. Humdinger are an award-winning mortgage brokerage and they specialise in finding the right mortgage for you. The best part is that you deal with the broker and they deal with every major bank in the Irish market so you don't have to trawl around talking to loads of people. They also make the best recommendation on what's the best way to proceed for you specifically and they stay at your side to help you at every step of the way from application to drawing down your mortgage. They're in the mortgage business, right? Not the application business. They have absolutely no interest in putting you through the ringer and getting you to fill out loads of forms without getting a mortgage at the end. And they're really honest from the get-go about what the problems might be with your application. But then they don't abandon you. They will stay by your side and give you the best advice on how to make sure that you are successful the next time you apply. They specialise in helping first-time buyers, people looking to trade up and people like me who are looking to save ourselves some money by switching our mortgage for a better rate. And like for me, I'm going to switch my mortgage. I'm working with Humdinger because like a reduction of even 0.5% on my mortgage rate can save me like 30 grand in interest over the whole term of my mortgage. Mortgages are the biggest financial decision you are ever going to make. So take advantage of speaking to experts and go to humdingermortgages.ie to begin your journey. So while I have you, I'm going to take the opportunity to um, take you hostage for a minute and tell you about the merchandise that we are selling. We have notebooks and pens, which are branded with the basically branding and you should buy them. You should buy them because it's a lovely notebook. Who doesn't need a notebook? If you are a Headstuff podcast member, if you buy the notebook, you get the pen for free. It supports me. It supports the podcast. It supports the producers, the people who work on the show and means that we can continue to make these podcasts and give them to you for free. If you want to become a Headstuff podcast member, if you get a lot from the podcast and you think, God, I'd like to support Stephanie and the podcast, you can become a Headstuff podcast member for €5 plus VAT. Uh, or you can give more if you want to. Go to headstuffpodcast.com and you can click register there and you pick a podcast. You can pick up to three podcasts or you can pick just one podcast. Say you pick my podcast, then you'll get my bonus material for free and all of the bonus material for all of the other podcasts on the network. So it's a really, really good deal. Five euro, all of these special podcasts. So if you want to do that, do it. I'll be very, very grateful. The people who are in the community, the Headstuff podcast members are my favourite people. They support the podcast. They mean that you can listen to this podcast for free. It's five euro a month. I'm going to stop talking now, but I really appreciate your support. Thank you. While I have you, we're going to just go off topic for a second before we come back to the doom and gloom. You are going to be at Electric Picnic. Yeah. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. No, you're such a rock star. Spreading. Main stage. Spreading. No, no, no. Hang on a minute. <laughs> 
head I, think, I think it's called the L fella stage. <laughs> Luke O'Neill and the Metabolics. It's the L, it's in the it's called the Leviathan stage, by the way. Yeah. And it's it's where they have these debates about politics and all kinds of things. You know? And then there's a whole science section as well. Usually they have this in, in the mind field as it's called. So and th- and I've done it before, by the way. And this year we're having a big uh, quiz on science versus anti science. I'll be captaining a team in that quiz. But then more excitingly, the metabolics are gonna play. All those old dad hits from the 70s. What's your What's your opening number? In, in, in the Leviathan tent at nine o'clock on the Friday and the Saturday. Everybody's welcome. If you want to get away from all the indie stuff, you've never heard bands and all these sort of track two of the difficult fourth album, come to us and you'll hear the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and all kinds of covers that we love, including the Pretenders. So we had a big rehearsal on Saturday. You're going to have people queuing up for selfies. Well, you see, we, we played before, by the way. This isn't the first time. It was 2019. Dean, I think, wasn't it? And the tent was packed and someone said to me, oh, we know these songs. <laughs> yes. And are you, um, <laughs> are you staying over? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. For, for Camping, glamping. Ca- uh, camper van. Uh, I've, I've, the last time I went, I was in a tent in the performers field. That was absolutely horrendous because the, the 2,000 performers anyway, the field was no different, full of nettles yeah. in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I can't, I can't get up from a tent nowadays. No, I'm can't. too old. So you're staying in a camper van? Staying in a camper van, yeah. A bit of luxury. Yeah, and so. what's the quiz? The quiz, as I say, it's uh, myself and Aoife McLeisett, a colleague of mine in Trinity, we're captaining the two teams. Who else and is on the team? I don't know. That's a good question, though. You, you should be there. Yeah, you, you do so. very well. I'll put, I'll put a word in for you. Would you uh, go if you were asked? You would not. I would if I was asked to be on a team, but I wouldn't stay over. Have you been? Know? Did you ever go uh, over the years? No, I've performed at a few festivals, like all together now and stuff, but right. I just go and I do my thing and then and I get leave. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they're strange things. I mean, I, I, it's very noisy. It's very me. noisy, yeah. And chaotic. I don't but I hold up really well oh, under scrutiny oh, in terms of quizzes. Good, yeah. I'm very good. <laughs> You're great at quizzes. I'm great at quizzes. <laughs> I should imagine what the team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so say um, that to them. But yeah, there's a big science thing and there's a couple of science debates happening as well. I think there's a session called How to Cure a Hangover, <laughs> this kind of thing, you know, yeah. to keep the punters happy. So this this will be in the Leviathan stage. So uh, if you're going to Electric Picnic, Saturday. make sure that you go down and you see Luke in the minefield tent and in yeah. the Leviathan tent and tell him that you're a basically listener. Absolutely. Very welcome. Come along. We'll have a good time. We'll have a bit of a sing song, you know, and, and lift people. And, and, and there's a lot of excitement because it's the first one since the pandemic, can you imagine? Uh, they want it to be, like, be the best, the best in Europe. You know, the, the Irish should have the crack, shouldn't they? So uh, the hope is it's going to be grateful. Hopefully, there won't be an outbreak of COVID. Now let's move back to the doom and gloom of viruses. What else is lurking? Shrewpox. Yeah, <laughs> shrewpox. Well, it seems to Are they calling it now, shrewpox? You see, before I see. met you all those years ago now, it seems like 50 years ago now, I'd be watching this. You and didn't, We never spoke about it because it's always going on. There's always viruses everywhere. But sure, I constantly am sending you text messages. You are. <laughs> you're, you're a hyper. <laughs> so, like, there's a new What vi- about the shrewpox? <laughs> I said, have you got a pet shrew? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a virus in shrew, right? Lots of viruses. And there's evidence that jumped into a human now... I wouldn't worry about that at the moment by any means but, but there's such a focus now on viruses isn't there for obvious reasons do you think that's the case like it, oh, this has always been the ha- but yeah. now it's just like kind of fun everybody's gone bananas mad basically is the thing gone and viral. it was always the case now there is more work going on so more stuff is being discovered so we might speed at which these things are being discovered will be faster now maybe so if there's more information coming because science is always active but it's especially active at the moment as you can imagine uh, the other worry we have is avian flu of course now there was an amazing piece in the Financial Times which I read on Saturday the birds are getting wiped out at the moment with this avian flu it's H5N1 
We had H5N1 before. We did before. Yeah. yeah. Now, I just read that. I didn't read this myself. I say. So the, the ga- whole gannet, colonies of gannets are dying of flu, basically, from this H5N1. Yeah. Now, it's only in, bird, in, in birds. If that jumped into human, then we're having another pandemic on our hands because and now it's flu-based, you know. Okay. And that was always the fear. Pre-COVID, the prediction was the pandemic would be flu. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a new virus, a coronavirus, you know. But now the avian virus is there and, and that's causing... Stir, Did that know? just never go away from when we had? Cause never I, went away. When H5N1 was... Because didn't we have to do loads of sterilising of something? We did. Well, there was a swine flu, you see. That was the swine yeah, flu where you had to like stand in a disinfectant That's right. And, there, and there was, you may remember back then said there was, there, was, there was hand dispensers even at that time. Yeah. Know? And then that, that didn't turn out to be as troublesome, thankfully. You know, The worry would be these viruses, are they in a pig or in a bird? And they mutate. And now they can jump into humans. That's what you don't want to happen because now we have a, a flu virus that's spread. It's more aggressive and spreading more among humans. And that might replace the flu that we have at the moment and be much more troublesome. So again, your your flu people now are, are, are there as well, remember. They've been there for decades too. But what are they doing about H5N1? Well, they're keeping an eye on it, first of all, and taking more samples and trying to see if it's changing. And again, and it starts, no more than COVID, it begins with someone turning up in a hospital with a respiratory disease and you're trying to identify what that disease is. And it's usually just old-fashioned flu, you know. COVID was a brand new virus causing flu-like symptoms and then those Chinese scientists find it. So, so now there's a lot more vigilance like if I if I rock into the matter, right, and I'm like, oh, I've got symptoms and they test me and they're like, well, it's not COVID. And then they text me and they, uh, test me and they're like, well, it's not flu. Yeah. Are they actually going to continue to test me until they find... Not at the moment they won't. What, what, what causes alarm is severe disease. So right, if you okay. got really sick and they couldn't type the virus, then they're worried, what the hell is this? Is it a new virus? And that's what happened in China. You see. But would they do that in Ireland? Or is it just the Chinese? I think that it's they a good were question. Yeah, I hope so. I, hope I just can't were. imagine them being like, we're going to get to the bottom gonna of this. Get, like we're going to yeah. use all of our resources. That's right. Everyone, everybody's leave is cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Um, just so we can I, well, the, the, that's why you need consultants, remember. They're, they're the most advanced doctors because they're looking for new things and trying to discover new 1, stuff. 1,000 vacant consultant posts well, in Ireland. Precisely. Different and, and podcasts. They, and they've got the training room. They've had years. So they, they'll be looking out for funny clinical features that a junior doctor mightn't spot because he's inexperienced. And if they see really well, that's in China, this happened with COVID, they noticed this wasn't like the flu. They realised pretty quickly it looked a bit like flu, but there were clinical features that made it different. And then finally, they, they isolate the virus in, in, in a tour de force, really it was, you know, to isolate the brand new virus. And, and now, is it happening in Ireland? You'd hope it would be. Uh, and I think it does happen. I mean, the doctors, if they can't diagnose something or can't type a, a bacteria or virus, then, then they'll, they'll make a record of it for sure. you know. Because I feel thing. like sometimes there's so many, like people come in with all sorts of things. Now, not viruses necessarily, but everything is just called fibromyalgia. You know, they're like, I, yep. if I can't tell you what it is, I'm just going to call Blame it, it fibro- fibromyalgia. <laughs> fibromyalgia. Or that, that, that's a great giveaway that they don't know. That means yeah. they don't know what it is, basically. <laughs> that's the name you give something. It's true, yeah. But so again, I, that's why I don't believe that they'll get to the root of something. Well, if the person recovers and gets discharged, then the problem goes away, remember. So right, it's more okay. along those lines, you know. It's, 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 it can be just about severity as a key driver of this in a way. But it's, it's difficult, though. And trying to find a new virus isn't easy, you know. They cultured that coronavirus in China and then sequenced the RNA and said, oh, hang on a minute. This, this is never new. seen this before. So there was very clever virology guys there who could spot that and say there's something new here. And then the whole thing then takes off, you see. So. And then it was two weeks to flatten the curve and here we are. Here we still are. That's right. um, so that's COVID, monkeypox, yeah, shrewpox, shrewpox, H5N1. Yeah. Anything else we need to in, be concerned about? In the world of viruses. Um, what else would be on my mind at the moment? 
it's mainly now about the vaccination campaign for definite and telling everybody over 55 because the call's gone out now if you're over 55 go for your booster and that's so important and the reason is the immunity definitely wanes a bit since your last shot and winter's coming and winter's coming and there's a good chance you might pick it up and then get but if you had covid in the interim you gotta wait four months Okay. That's the current guideline there. So that, and stick to that, yeah, basically. So wait the four months and then, then go and get your booster is the advice for definite as the winter comes on. Now, now the, the, what, there's a couple of reasons for this. One is to save yourself from getting sick, but to take the pressure off the health system. Everybody in hospital with COVID is occupying a bed, which could be occupied by something much more serious that can't be prevented. Like H5N1. Like Exactly, <laughs> precisely. Yeah, so, like so avian the, flu. When you think about why will I won't take the vaccine, you're, you're mainly taking the vaccine to, to, to not to be, be selfish in a way yeah. and say, look, there's someone else who's got cancer dying of a horrible disease who could be in the bed I'm now occupying and I, I could have prevented me being in that bed by taking the vaccine. That's a, that's a great justification for vaccination as well as all the other reasons, by the way, you see. Yeah. So, and the I do co- think a lot of people think, oh, look, I've had three of them. Yeah. I had my first two and then I had my booster and sure, look, I'm grand. Yeah. No, I, th- I think the, the advice would be get the booster. Yeah. If not for yourself, then for the ho- someone else who might end up in that hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other big thing that's happening by far that's very exciting is the one that'll stop Transmission. So these are intranasal vaccines, right? Yeah. When are they coming out? There are 12 of those being tested as we speak. Mm-hmm. Four are in phase three, which is the last phase of all the safety first, remember. So very careful. So phase three is running now in four of them. I'd hope they'll report in the next month or so. If they work, they will take over the vaccine world because they will stop you getting sick and also stop you getting infected in the first place because they stop the nose getting infected basically they, they wake up the immune system in your nose as well as in your lungs so if you inhale a bit of virus it's killed on contact kind of thing and, then, and the virus can't get a foothold no symptoms and the virus is now gone and then you won't spread it to someone else there's a massive push on for that in America they're calling it warp speed 2 you see because yeah. they haven't put the warp speed behind it yet there was a big thing in the White House about three weeks ago they brought together all the scientists and all the drug companies were assembled get on with it basically let's get this vaccine that will stop infection and stop disease. And that's that's the really beautiful thing to aim for. And I'm very optimistic they'll get there because the ones they've tested so far work great in animals. They'll stop the, the monkeys basically getting infected, which is great to see because they've evidence in animals. Sadly, as you know, we do stuff in animals initially and we minimize it, but that's the first place you start. And it worked in the monkeys, great. So now you Why would you choose monkeys over mice? Because we're because closer to them. Yeah, it's genetically. Like yeah, right, that's okay. right. The mice have a different nose, have you noticed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the snout. Monkeys have a different nose. The snout nose is as well. a bit different. Um, I think the monkey nose, we'll have a discussion on comparing different noses. I think the monkey nose is similar to the, the immune system is very similar to those. They're the close, they're closest relative to us, obviously. But we test loads of things on mice and then deem them safe for human consumption. We do indeed. Now, mice are very useful. And in fact, in my lab, again, we minimize it. We have mouse models of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. The mice develop those symptoms. And you can test a new drug in them then, you see, before you go to humans, because just in case it's not safe. But why aren't you testing on monkeys if they're closer? Very, very expensive extremely expensive to work and, and again you want to limit monkey suffering you know what I mean yeah. they're, they're very close to us so you, you minimise monkeys as far as you can so we, we didn't go to monkeys in the end where do you get your mice? We, you can buy them but are they specifically lab mice? lab mice they're, they're a special breed of mouse oh, right, okay. see, and we treat them very well they're honestly until honest. you kill them well, they're, they're, they're fed the best food they're in the best cages and, and we minimise them Alzheimer's we, we, there's an issue about using animals we absolutely minimise we mainly don't work on animals we work on human cells because that's much closer to the real thing Petri but occasionally stuff. if you have a new medicine you got to go for safety for it, and the vaccines as well. Safety first, obviously. So that that can just that justifies their use. To some people, some people are still against it, but the truth is, you can't go straight to humans because it could be harmful. 
Yeah, so you got to go through that step. And also prove that your drug might work, remember, before you go to humans. So our experimental medicine worked in three models of Parkinson's in mice. Our anti-inflammatory worked in those three models. It was a tremendous result, you know. And now we're doing a trial in humans in Parkinson's. You see, we couldn't have done the trial. Without doing in the unless mice. Unless we did the mice. And in fact, the regulator won't allow it either, by the way. It's not as if you, you could bypass it. I wonder if vegans take medicine. I suspect they do, don't they? But like, if they're really sick, they'd be wise to take a medicine, wouldn't they? <laughs> but but they can't. How can they justify Ethically, that if it's, it's been tricky. tested on a mouse? Tricky, yeah. I must ask a, the vegans in my life. Yeah, you can understand that they didn't because <laughs> yeah. of their, their, their view of things, I guess. What else do we need to know before well, we now leave? The, 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 okay, so the final thing to remember. The, what will we call this? The, the golden ticket. Is that a good phrase or what's the phrase? Well, you have to tell me what it is The first. best thing ever will be a vaccine that stops infection and stops you getting sick and works against any coronavirus. It's called the pan-coronavirus vaccine. That would mean we'd never get colds again. We'd never get colds again, precisely. And there's several of those in development as well, by the way. And some of them are showing promise. So if we're lucky, when we come out of this, finally, you think we're out of it, you, you've forgotten about it, haven't you? I, I'm, I, <laughs> I had COVID in June, May, June. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, since then I'm just like I'm bulletproof. I'm done with this. I'm, I'm the same, by this. the way. You might find this surprising. Even I got God Almighty. But I'm following all the science. But but ultimately that'll be the end of COVID because you'll have a vaccine once squirt up the nose. You might get two boosters like other vaccines. Bang! No more coronaviruses, including Ever. COVID. And remember, that's important. Just in case there's a virus as we speak lurking in a vat in some cave. And that's a new coronavirus that can affect a human. And we're back to square one. Can you imagine if that happened? I mean, back to square one again. Oh, yeah. It's SARS-CoV-3. Three. Three. Now, that's a horrible prospect. But this, this universal vaccine should work against any coronavirus. And that Who means are these companies and how, again. how likely is it? All the big companies are involved in this. Uh, but the most promising one, which I spoke about before, is the US Army. Oh, nice. Now the US Army has a massive research division because their soldiers die of things you see Yeah. and they as you may remember in history soldiers often died of infections more than a bullet would more than getting killed with a bullet you know mm-hmm. so the army has invested in vaccines for decades they've announced and that's about three months ago a pan-coronavirus universal vaccine which worked great again monkeys work really well so there's one example of one that's in development and then you, it's all under the wire because these are commercially sensitive things you know but you see the odd little thing saying oh well, each company's trying to develop one because that would take over the whole market as well for them it's, it's lucrative in a way because mm-hmm. that would take over the entire vaccine market oh I forgot to ask you before I let you go polio yes the other polio one polio is back there's so many there's <laughs> so many there's so much to talk about there's there? so much to fear polio well again nothing to worry about here just make sure your children get the polio vaccine. That's the bottom line here because there's evidence in London and New York of a decrease in uptake of the polio vaccine, mainly because of misinformation, the usual thing. So so the anti-vax lobby, or you want to call them, they've gone after polio now. Now, this is, this is devastating. This was the horrendous thing disease. That, like, horrendous. If you talk to your grandparents. Well, or, I can't. Well, nor can I. I don't, you know what I mean? But that generation, they were terrified of it because paralysis. Children were being paralysed. And they would turn up at the doctor's surgery and within a few months that child was paralysed. And the doctor could do nothing to stop it. No treatment. The sulk, fantastic, you know, comes along. Saving two, two vaccines emerge in the 50s. End of polio, brilliant. But, now, but not globally, right? Polio is still an globally. issue. Not globally. Yeah, they, Africa, they, they, they've got very India. close to eliminating it like smallpox, actually. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, Africa is cleared of it now, they reckon. Parts of India and various spots around the world are still polio happening. But the vaccine is tremendously successful, you see. But now there's evidence. Now, the evidence, strangely, 
they're detecting polio in the sewage system. But guess what? It's the vaccine they're detecting. Now, that might sound a bit strange, right? There's a live vaccine you can use, you see, for polio, and a dead vaccine, a dead virus, rather, mm-hmm. live and dead, okay? The live one can actually spread between people. It doesn't make you very sick, but it can spread. But you, it you, spreads, but that's a good thing because then thing. you're also that's right. Yeah, it's, it's safe live, from so spreading person to person. Uh, but if you're vaccinated, you won't pick up the live one. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You're protected against the live one as well. So the evidence of the live vaccine appearing in sewage is evidence of nobody a, a decrease in uptake of the vaccine because people oh. are getting infected with the vaccine. Strange as it may seem, which they wouldn't be if they were vaccinated themselves. Exactly. So it's the evidence that the vaccine rate has dropped. And in London, for example, I think three of the boroughs where they've measured this stuff on the sewage, they've evidence that the polio vaccine uptake has gone down and, that, and that, that, that's the most likely reason now why this live vaccine has gone up now they don't use the live vaccine much I, I would have the live vaccine myself on the sugar cube that's the one was the live one okay. I had it as a child in, in, in Europe they've replaced it with the dead one inactivated one but certain countries still use it's still very effective you see and it's more convenient mm-hmm. so probably someone came in from India maybe or somewhere into London and gave it to someone who hadn't been vaccinated. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, and then it goes into the sewage. The person doesn't get sick, though, remember. The, the live, there's no evidence that the live vaccine can make you, make, give you polio, really. No, it's, but it's extremely just... Extremely rare cases it can, just to make that clear, very rare. It's a very safe vaccine. But still, if, you, if people are picking it up, it means they haven't been vaccinated. Which means that they could pick up polio the, the if they came... The nasty one, precisely. It's more the nasty when you worry about I think it's because it's probably like my generation who are now having children who have never seen polio, right. never heard of polio, and therefore don't believe that the it's real. Isn't and they're like, yeah. I'm not going to vaccinate my child. Well, re- when I teach this to the students, actually, if you read about the 50s with people being paralysed, so, so a, a polio outbreak would happen, say in Dublin, right? Mm-hmm. They'd close all the swimming pools because it's waterborne. Right. And every child was made to stay home for three months. They couldn't leave the houses just in case they picked it up. You see, it's horrendous. One great phrase I read from an American writer was, uh, summer became winter for us children if there was a polio outbreak because they were locked up in their houses. They couldn't go out. And if you call it, there's a good chance of paralysis. Now we're talking your lungs are paralyzed. People in these iron lungs, that, that was polio. Yeah. People with braces on their legs. It was horrendous, you know. And the vaccine stopped all that. So, so And you're right, though. No, I don't, we don't remember that at all. But, but if we could talk to our grandparents, they thought that was horrendous. I mean, the famous one I know about is Ian Jury from uh, and the Blockheads. He, he caught polio in 1949. There was a swimming pool where he lived and loads of kids got infected from that pool and many ended up paralysed, including him. He How does it water, like the water touching your skin or do you have to like inhale, inhale the water? swallow it. Right, okay. It's in the gut, actually. The virus spreads through your gut mainly. Okay. And then goes into your nervous system and that's where the paralysis happens. So this know. means people are peeing in the pool? They're peeing in the pool or spitting, I suppose, or, oh, or whatever it might be. Yeah, any fluid, any bodily fluid will carry the virus, you see, into yeah. the sewage system and then swimming pool. But Ian Jury was a great example of this and and then he, I love him as, as a musician. I've always loved him. Hit me with your rhythm stick. But he wrote a famous song called Spasticus Autisticus. Do you ever hear this song? No. It was for the Special Olympics, actually. And they asked him to try an anthem, and he did. And it's called Spasticus Autisticus. And it was a bit offensive to some people. But he wants to say, look, I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm partially oh, yeah. paralyzed. I'm, I'm going to sing about this. You know, it was a really yeah. great song, really. You know, but he was an example of someone just a child in a swimming pool, caught polio, and then ended up almost died as well. Remember, because the mortality rate's high as well. So again, the message has to be: it's in the six-in-one vaccine in Ireland. Let's make that clear. If you bring your child to be vaccinated, it's in the vaccine called the six-in-one, which has six different vaccines in great protection. So the message from the polio at the moment is. Um, please, as ever, take the vaccine. It's not as if polio is going to be rampant, uh, but please take the vaccine is the message there. 
Well, that's enough cheer for today, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I'll get you back on the next time I read something in a paper that freaks me out. Yeah, always happy to help. Just reassure you. Yeah. So that's our poxcast for today. Um, Luke O'Neill, as ever, thank you so much. And uh, we'll get Luke back um, if there's any other things that we need to worry about. Yep. Uh, watch our, this space as usual. <laughs> watch this space and every other space around you and don't go into swimming pools and don't go near any gannets. Um <laughs> Our music is by Only Rude. Our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara. We're produced by Julie Hassett and we're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. See you next week. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.